we can all just have a big giant cup of coffee together and maybe we could just move ourselves a little bit closer to the meaning of Advent. Right, Advent. I said that big word. Advent, so some of us is like an anomaly, right? Like what is it even? Maybe you've gone to a church where you haven't even used that word or you grew up in a tradition where Advent was very regimented. You know what happens the first week, the second week, the third week, the fourth week. But what I'm hoping to do today is help us all enter the story of Advent and realize that the story of Advent is actually in us as well and it's ready to be born in us today. Well, in my house, Darren just mentioned we've got two little boys, and there's a whole lot of talk about not Advent right now, but Minecraft. Minecraft. That's what we talk about. Okay, I've got six and eight. You're all saying, yep, I know. It's obsessive, isn't it? It's like you open the window this much, and literally, they've been playing Minecraft for one month. That's, that's my big screen time adventure with my kids. But it has turned into every conversation. Well, when I enter this world, then I'm gonna spawn. I'm like gonna spawn these fish. And then when I get there, then I can just do this and I can, I can go there. And then mom, when can I do Minecraft again? Is it, is it now? No, it, it, it was all, it's, it's all been done, buddy. But we can't stop thinking about Minecraft. So if you're not familiar, let me give you a little 101. Minecraft is this world that you can create for yourself. You get to decide what happens in your world, where this takes place, um, the characters in that world. Like you get to create your own perfect world where everything goes the way you want it to go because you're in control. And if someone invades your world, like my one son will invade the other one's world, then, then you can kind of declare war on that one and try to like manipulate their world. So you can get so many levers moving in Minecraft that it really does obsess in their minds. Like how can I make my world better or start a new world? Well, what I've realized as much as I've been trying to get Minecraft off the conversation, I live in a Minecraft world too. And if you just take that little bit apart and say, Minecraft, I want to craft my world under my conditions. In Minecraft, I have perfect children. In Minecraft, they don't heckle you at church when you're giving announcements in front of everybody. In my world, my kids don't have any interest in doing anything bad, or I don't get phone calls from principals, I don't go on date nights and have them call me from Lifetime Fitness and say, yeah, he's, he's gotta go. In my world, I don't have a super intelligent kid who also is emotionally developed at this level. And that disparity can make days really hard at our lives sometimes. In my Minecraft world, I have coffee always on tap. I never run out of filters. I don't spill on my clothes. I always look good, and I don't have to spend like an hour trying to figure out on Pinterest what kind of outfit would look good to wear in front of these college kids. I did buy Chelsea boots, but you know. You know, I'm doing my best here, okay. Well, don't all of us kind of have a Minecraft world? Like when you think about your life 
and even where you're at right now, how many of you are living your imagined reality of what you thought this semester was gonna be like? Is it all turning out just the way you thought? That perfect roommate, are you guys like best buddies, inseparable, never have a fight? Hmm? How about your job, how's that going? Oh man, you have to work when you go to work? Mm. You mean, how about classes? How are all those classes, when you looked at your, your planner for the year and you saw you were taking this and this and this, are they as easy as you thought? I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, you need a break somewhere, right? But if you think about it, we're all a little bit obsessed with our mind-crafted world, where my will be done where my life works out the way I want it to, where all the things work for my benefit and I always look good. I'm probably gonna end up on the cover of a magazine one day. I'm probably gonna be the TikTok star or whatever thing that we need to be in order to feel like we've made it in life. But you know what that also sounds like? Sounds a lot like a lie. It sounds a lot like Genesis chapter two, when the serpent came and told Adam and Eve, look, all you gotta do is eat this fruit here and then you can have all authority just like God. You can make your life whatever you want. You can be in control. Well, we all know how that story goes, right? It ends in despair, it ends in frustration and anger, it ends in a whole lot of anxiety. Did you guys know that there's 30 different kinds of universal anxiety in the world? So inside us, there's this whole system. Outside us is this whole uncontrolled system. Those things come together and anxiety, right? It's the plague of our day right now. We all have anxiety. We can use it as an excuse, but we all have it. We're all trying to figure out how to craft our world so it works out right. And ultimately, if we're honest, our Minecraft world doesn't need God. When everything goes perfect, why would we need God? So what this leads to is a despair. It's really a despair. It's those times where we realize no matter how many times I go in and I try to craft it, make it work, and tweak things and have this conversation and manipulate the controls, and every time I go in, it's, you know what, it's true, I just, I can't do it. Well, it sounds also a lot like the people in the Bible. Remember the people living in darkness? After 400 years, when they used to have prophets that came to tell, us, tell them God's word, and when prophecies used to come, and God would speak to them and encourage them and tell them it's going to be okay, I'm with them. Remember when Moses went to the mountain, and God came in a cloud, and he said, I'm with you. Well, it's been a long time since those people of Israel had heard anything from God when they were being oppressed on the outside and on the inside, living in great darkness. And yes, this is when we're coming to Advent. That is when, at their darkest time, God brought light. It's a small light, but the more you're in darkness, 
the brighter that light will become. If you have a Bible and you like to follow along, I'm going to go to John chapter 1. I'm going to read it in a different version because I want you to listen in a new way today. And this is from the voice version. God speaking through Jesus, the voice. Before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. This celestial world word remained ever present with the creator. His speech shaped the entire cosmos. Immersed in the practice of creating, all things that exist were birthed in him. His breath filled all things with a living, breathing light, a light that thrives in the depths of darkness, blazes through murky bottoms. It cannot and will not be quenched. Verse 14, the voice took on flesh and became human and chose to live alongside us. We have seen him enveloped in undeniable splendor, the one true son of the father evidenced in the perfect balance of grace and truth. Advent is like a light that comes to us in our deepest need. In fact, neediness is the prerequisite of Advent. Our need is where God wants to dwell. That's the beauty of a word like Emmanuel. God with us. God with us in our darkest days. God with us in our hardest days. God with us through every valley, every high, every low, every hiking trail, with us. He moved into the neighborhood. This is what Advent is all about. So let's take a minute and camp there on who this Jesus is. Remember in Isaiah, the one we always like to say at Christmas, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He looked just like you and me. He moved into the neighborhood. You know what I was realizing about um, these movies that are like, this is a true story. And then you go watch the true story, this amazing thing that happens. And at the very end of the movie, there's pictures of the actual people that live that life. They don't look anything like the real people. The people in the movies, like they always look perfect and they, they have it all together somehow, even if they're playing a, a part that's not all together. And then you see the pictures at the end and you're like, oh, that looks a lot like me. Those people look like my neighbors. Jesus looked like your neighbor. And he moved in to your neighborhood. Remember in Exodus, and I just referred to it here, when God spoke in the cloud, that big cloud and Moses was with him and he said, the eternal God full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and abundant and loyal love and truth. Or another version, slow to anger and abounding and steadfast love and faithfulness. That's the same thing they said about Jesus. See, the glory of God was not in the big cloud. The glory of God was getting into a human body and walking around with us. He was the radiance of God's glory. The radiance of God's glory was to look like us. The eternal spirit 
couldn't wait to get inside a body and see what it's like to walk around on this earth, to put his feet on the ground, to touch a face, to hear a voice, to be a human. Well, the whole New Testament's all about it, isn't it? Like we learned so much about what this means, that God came in human form, that he started a whole new kingdom. And this whole new kingdom is nothing like that Minecraft world. It doesn't even pale in comparison to that. God's kingdom is eternal light and love that casts out fear and darkness and hate and destroys everything that's bad and builds up everything that's good and flourishing and beautiful in real life. We get to see it face to face. You know what it's like when you see the kingdom of God in action. You know it because it looks different, doesn't it? It looks different when someone chooses to forgive when they could just have a bit root of bitterness the rest of my li their life and be completely justified. It looks different when someone stops along the road to a homeless person and hands out some food to a hungry soul. It looks different when the kingdom of God comes and fixes things that are wrong and brings justice where there needs to be served. When peace and justice flourish like a river, that looks like the kingdom of God. So my proposal to us today is that we could give up trying to live that Minecraft world and let the advent, a real honest advent, come and take root in our hearts. We talked about a story yesterday at church, and I'm stealing it from my friend Cindy over here, about these Korean Bible women. Okay, imagine being in Korea 50, 100 years ago, where shamanism is the main rule of the day. And there are these women who, although oppressed in all other parts of society, are able to be shamans to go to these communities, these homes, and do incantations, and rule out spirits, and call down spirits, and like, they're able to do all this kind of magic stuff. And so people would call on these shaman women, and they would come around and try to help the people. And they were definitely in the spirit world, and a kind of world we don't understand in the West. But then, the gospel came to these women. And they started being liberated and free of these spirits. In fact, the Holy Spirit, the light of the world, came and filled these women and set them free. All of a sudden, they're going door to door telling about the gospel of Jesus. They're liberating captives. They're teaching them the Bible. They're, they're giving empowerment to women who weren't allowed to read. And these women started changing Korea. House by house. That's what it looks like when the kingdom of God starts to take root in our lives. It becomes all that we are. It means that when we walk around with this light, the light that's in your heart, you're walking around with Jesus bringing the kingdom everywhere you go. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's different. Advent makes us different. So the invitation today it's to let go of that Minecrafted world. I mean, if you take a minute right now, you can probably think of a few different things that you think should be happening in your life and have maybe good reasons for those. And I'm not saying that God doesn't give us visions, God doesn't give us dreams, I believe he does. 
But the dream is to do them with us. The invitation is the kingdom of God with us, within us, Emmanuel. So how do you know if you're living in a Minecrafted world? Well, if you're trying to fix things, control things, manipulate things, you keep going back to tweak things and fix it, you're anxious, you're tired, you're striving, you're trying, even trying to do all the right things and God still isn't blessing you. So we just take our hands and we surrender. And we're like, you know what? I'm giving up that Minecraft thing. I'm giving up. I'm not playing that game. I'm living the real life that God has given me in this kingdom. So I'm going to give you a couple suggestions here to take with you today. One, we're going to give up control. And you know what? Simple old thing. I see some Bibles that were cracked over here. We're going to open the Bible. And we're going to see how Jesus did it. How did God live this human life? Well, spending time with him in scripture and prayer shows us what that kingdom looks like, and it starts to give birth in our lives. How will you know when you're living in the kingdom life? Here's a couple ideas. Let's say your roommate comes home late, wakes you up, talking on their phone, really loud, or more annoying, they're telling you about their new boyfriend or girlfriend and just how great they are and how in love they are and how they just can't get enough of that person, right? So you might be really annoyed, or because the light of Jesus is in you, you rejoice with those who rejoice, and you celebrate the gift that they have in a relationship. Or maybe at work, instead of complaining that you actually have to work there, Maybe you have gratitude that you have a job, that you can pay your bills, that you can eat and maybe have a Starbucks. Instead of seeing sinners out there sinning and judging them for all their sinning, maybe you'd have compassion because you realize you have the same weaknesses. Maybe instead of taking advantage of our family who serves us and buys us all these Christmas presents and does all the things for you, you could serve them. Maybe you clean the house for your mom when you go home. Maybe the kingdom life looks a lot like human life, real life. So I'm going to take us on one little journey, and I'd like you to close your eyes. We just have a couple minutes left. And I'm going to lead you in an imagination. And this was actually given to one of my friends when she was praying, God, show me what it's like. What, is it, what does it mean to follow you? And he said, Seek first the kingdom of God. And this is what he showed her. Now, as you close your eyes, imagine you're in a car. It can be your car. It can be any car. It can even be an imagined car. The car actually doesn't matter. But now look next to you. Imagine Jesus is sitting there next to you in your car. You look at him. He looks at you. You take out your phone and you take a selfie with Jesus and you're having fun. He's smiling. You're smiling. You're with Jesus. And you know what doesn't matter? What's up ahead? The road's going to take you where you're going to go because you're in his kingdom. And actually, the whole point doesn't matter anyway because he's with you. And as long as he's with you, you can take any turn. I want you to open your eyes and look right where you are right now. He's with you right here. 
So in this Advent season, the invitation is to just be with Jesus in an honest Advent. Be awake to his presence and let him show you his wonderful kingdom. Let's pray. God, wherever you are, you are our Advent. Wherever we are, you are our Advent. As we carry you with us, Jesus, our Emmanuel, will you show us which way to go? God, we're confused unless you show us. Would you show us the direction, the decision, the opportunity, and the invitation to let go of our mind-crafted dreams and live into your reality, into this world, into this kingdom that you are creating right here through us, with us, somehow on this earth. And I thank you for all of these students, all the plans and dreams and beautiful things that you have for them. And God, would you be with them today? Would they be surprised to wake up and see your presence is everywhere? Lead them by your gentle hand, gentle spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.